Welcome to A Trip to the Movies, I'm Alex Zane and this episode is brought to you by Odeon because if you're going to watch a movie, it has to be at an Odeon Lux. For me, there's no better place to experience the mesmerising magic of the big screen and when I say big, I mean crystal clear, four times sharper, subtly curved, larger than life, I sense big. A place where you can recline in luxury while sipping on your favourite beverage as you immerse yourself in the all-consuming power of the story, enriched by epic Dolby Atmos that'll make your spine tingle and the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Now that is how to experience a movie and there's no better feeling. You can book your Odeon Lux experience at odeon.co.uk or on the Odeon app. Odeon say, we make movies better. And they're not wrong. Also, just before we head to our fantastic virtual cinema, how would you like a pair of tickets to head to a fantastic and very real cinema? Because the lovely people at Odeon have handed us a pair of tickets to give away every show. So, if you'd like the chance to head to your nearest Odeon and enjoy a movie, I'll tell you how at the end of the show. And don't forget you can find out all the latest on our upcoming guests as well as plenty of extras on our socials, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok where we're at Trip to Movies Pod. And if you'd like to watch the full video interviews with all our guests, head to our A Trip to the Movies Patreon where as well as the full video interview, you can get early access to the podcast itself as well as plenty more. All right then, let's do this. Hello and welcome to A Trip to the Movies, the podcast where each week a special guest takes us on an incredible journey as they curate their perfect night out at our fantastic virtual cinema. This week we're joined by a brilliant comedian, actor and TikTok superstar. He performed his debut hour-long show Playboy to rave reviews at this year's Edinburgh Festival and is now bringing his wonderful creation of period drama Lothario Lord Brighty to London Soho Theatre from October the 11th taking us on a trip to the movies it's the excellent christian brighty christian how are you i'm very well thanks alex thanks so much for having me on the podcast it's very very lovely to be here how are you doing today uh very well thank you i i i mean i'm not gonna moan one of my ears is slightly blocked slash full of fluid i know you didn't ask for specifics which makes me sort of slightly wobbly wibbly wobbly on my feet which is the strangest experience and quite unpleasant Oh yeah, I've 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 had that before. It's a, I've had to perform with uh, one completely blocked ear. Um, and you know, you know those old jester hats. They uh-huh. um, the the reason why they had the bells in them was to make to disorientate um, performers, and so they would kind of end up being more ridiculous and kind of not be able to react properly. And it was exactly like that, except not funny. Uh, and I just sort of <laughs> couldn't really respond to what my um, uh, co-performer was doing. Uh, it was it was terrible. Um, happily, a kids show. Uh, and children are idiots, so you can get away with anything in the kids' show. So. <laughs> what, 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 uh, what was the so- solution in the end? Did it go away on its own? Because as often happens, when you mention an illness to various people, everyone has yeah. an opinion. So I've heard syringing. I've heard submerging my face over a bowl of steaming hot water. I've heard go straight mm. to hospital. I don't think you need to go to hospital. I mean, unless it gets really painful. I, I think I've, this is such a gross way to start a podcast. I think eardrops were good for me. Right. <laughs> why, why, why are we starting? Um, but uh, yeah, I think eardrops are good. And also it kind of went away by self suddenly. It suddenly was like, oh, it's back. Um, so I think it, it can be quite painful. I hope you're all right. It is a, it's a miserable uh, 
miserable old thing, isn't it? Thanks very much. Uh, you know, not that I, I, I create a situation by uh, announcing excuses for any lack of brilliance in an interview before an interview, <laughs> but uh, this is, uh, I'm sort of releasing chaff here to distract you from the, the quality of the interview, should it not go well. Right then. No, no worries at all. <laughs> for the uninitiated, um, give me a, a brief explanation of Lord Brighty. He's the star of your one-man show, Playboy. So where did he spring from? Because you'd be doing... Um, taking the piss out of period dramas on your TikTok for over a year uh, before Lord Brighty made his debut solo show at Edinburgh. Um, so yeah. what, what was the, what was the kernel of the idea? Well, I think there's something, I mean, you know, we'll probably, I'll probably talk about period dramas quite a lot today, but um, I, I think there's just something so funny about the men in these, um, in these films, in these TV shows. I think there's an innate contrast between what is genuinely really sexy and alluring about these mysterious, brooding men and also the standards that we should hold men to in their behaviour. And they don't quite match up. And that gap, I think, is really funny. Um, and so, uh, yeah, on my, on my TikToks, I've sort of had characters who sort of brood in ridiculous ways who people are obsessed with. And actually, when you look at it, you think, why, why are they obsessed with this absolute drooling moron who's just sat in a corner staring mysteriously? And then on stage, I, I got to be a lot more... Um, uh, kind of naughty and and kind of uh, like a real rake, almost like from these wonderful smutty uh, bodice rippers, um, which I, I think are, are, are great. I, I, I've read, a, I've had to read a lot of smut to uh, make this uh, <laughs> make this show. Um, but I, yeah, I, I and it's just I have a lot of fun walking on stage, uh, falling in love with the audience, being shot by loads of Cupid's arrows, and um, kind of just flirting with a room full of a hundred people. It's um, yeah, very much a way for me to role play. Uh, my an idea of myself that is very much not true. It's it's lots of fun. Uh, there's some wonderful clips. Uh, I was looking on Instagram uh, and indeed TikTok uh, of the Edinburgh show uh, that you did, and I, I saw some comparisons being made in uh, some of the five star reviews you got to Lord Flashhop. Uh, Rick Mail's character from Blackadder, who I was a, 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 I was a huge Rick Mail fan, but obviously that oh, character great. was just like dropped in the middle of Blackadder season two, and you're like, wow, yeah. Yeah, if I, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I, somebody said to me like, "You really should watch that." I'm not as I didn't grow up on Blackadder as much as kind of like the rest of the like farcy like faulty towers or other Rowan Atkinson vehicles. But yeah, it definitely has the kind of like uh, ridiculous bravado um, and the total lack of uh, self doubt that these men <laughs> of the era had. Like, why would they have had any self doubt? They were told that they were really important from birth. They had, they lived in palaces. They they like were the only ones who were allowed to go to like the one school in the country and then like the two universities. Like, why would they have any doubt that they could, you know, do do anything um, that that was. Uh, uh, presented to them. In fact, I'm, I'm working with somebody after Edinburgh to turn it into sort of a podcast. And I think um, uh, not a jibe at podcasting in general, but of course these men would set up podcasts. Why wouldn't they think that <laughs> them chatting was was enough for um, for, for just uh, anyone to want to listen to by default? It's I mean it's so true, and uh, it nestled in amongst um, uh, a lot of the, uh, the the period drama piss takes are uh, videos. Um, there is this one of you just watching a uh, I think it's an episode of Bridgerton. I'm not sure. I'm not as yeah. um, uh, aware of which period drama is what uh, as you are, but it's you just watching it, not in character, just in a state of disbelief that really <laughs> the men in this show are fairly resemblant of the men today. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they're, they're often a useful vehicle. And Bridgerton does this, I think, sort of, a lot of period dramas, you know, the, the hero goes in and he goes, do you know what? I don't think the poor are terrible. And everyone applauds and we're like, oh, he's brilliant. What a hero. And, you know, and, and then that's about the extent of the kind of interesting politics that they explore. Um, but yeah, in, in, in Bridgerton, you know, the the you know this this emotionally repressed um man eventually going oh i need to say you know like i think it's him being disgusted with some poetry or him being disgusted with actually having to express his emotions <laughs> yeah and it just it just really resonated with um uh i think a lot of i don't want to say certain family members i don't think they're going to listen in um <laughs> but i uh i don't know just just the familiarity of of what it really means to be a bloke that I don't, i've never resonated with so <laughs> I just find it very funny when you see it on the screen. <laughs> and when you first uh, put the the the, the initial uh, the initial video that caught fire on TikTok, what was that feeling like? Because you'd been doing, I, I sort of obviously, you know, a little bit of TikTok stalking as my yeah, research yeah, for today. And so I, I went back and um, I, I saw uh, saw some of the earlier videos. I found the the, the, the YouTube channel, which uh, the the Deant word piss take, which was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Oh, you've done your research, name. Alex. Oh my I'm god, I'm glad you liked I, it. Yeah, well, I was a huge. I mean, the accent A is incredible, and B, I was a huge De Antwerp fan uh, back oh, in the were day. You? Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, man, I loved them as you. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before all of the the horrible things came out, God, I just, yep. why can't there be one famous rock star who comes out not as a sexual predator or a, a Christian? It seems like it's a dichotomy. I mean, not you know, the second one's definitely better, but you know, it seems they've all got a, a secret hidden away. Um, yeah, I'm glad you like the the De Antwerp, um uh, video that um, uh, I, wrote, I made that with my um, now fiance. I got engaged right at the end of the Edinburgh um, Fringe, and, and congratulations. And co-wrote. Thanks very much. Um, we we co-wrote the the show together. But yeah, that was um, very much precipitated by the pigeon that fell. The pigeon fell from the 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 kind of roof of the house we were staying in during lockdown. It's my my folks' place, and um, yeah, very uh, much like right. Well, this is a great opportunity to exploit some uh, a live animal for um, entertainment. Yeah, the, but the 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 genesis of um, uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff before I hit on the period drama things weren't great. So I'm, you've had to sit through some real stuff there, Alex. I, I, um, I, I think I I think you're being too self deprecating. I thought they were great. They were really funny. Like the stuff out of character is as funny as some of the latest stuff in character. I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's really nice of you to say. I think, um, I mean, that my background's kind of in like clowning or like character comedy. So performing as me is like not a natural thing always. And so it's nice for you, for you to say that. Um, but definitely for me, when I found the, uh, the, the, the period drama stuff, it was like, oh, great. Here's a way of me getting to be ridiculous and play and be really stupid. That just feels completely natural and just loads of fun. Like, mm. you know, a lot of the videos are, you know, or a, a chunk of them. Some of them are scripted, but some of them are just me getting to go out in public in a stupid costume and play with strangers. And that's great. That's so much fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a great mix of uh, stuff that is scripted. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's one of your big hitters, but it's absolutely worth mentioning. The every ballroom scene in a period drama video is spot on. It's 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 a wonder. Now, that's obviously scripted. And then. Oh, you've got the highwayman stuff where you're just going up to members of the public asking if they mind being robbed. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, and then the thirst trap where you do something I would never do because I'm scared of bodies of water. You actually jump in a, a, a canal, I want to say, a river to recreate the Mr. Darcy scene. Yeah, I was... Um, uh, what was so lovely about that, and it's definitely this thing of... Um, 
members of the public making things more fun. I um we, we were in I was on is the Norfolk Broads. It was uh, mm. east with the Norfolk Broads there with my um my my little cousins who who were who were great and who were like, Are you gonna film a video today? I was like, Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll film something. And I was like, Oh, I'll film a video where I'm like wanting to jump into the water, but it's a bit too grim. And I started filming it and these old ladies started giggling. And it was so exciting. I was like, Oh, okay, here we go. And so instead of doing the script, the script went out the window and I just played to these old ladies and I was like, no, I, I am going to jump in. Um, and they loved, I mean, there's so much footage that you don't get to use for TikTok because they're such short videos, but it was just so, they loved it. They were like, you know, they were hooting. They were, they were really wanting me to get in. So when I eventually did it, they were, it made their day. They were so happy. <laughs> um, and I think some of them genuinely swooned as well. Um, they look like they are absolute. They're on cloud now. They can't believe their luck. Of all the benches they could have sat on next to a canal that day, <laughs> Wait, it was that one. Yeah, it's 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 brilliant. And I, I suggest to everyone uh, to check out Christian's TikTok because it's literally jam packed with hilarity. So the show you're bringing it to um, the Soho Theatre October the yeah. is it the twelfth, the eleventh, or twelfth? Uh, yeah, twelfth to the fifteenth. Um, right, yeah, 12th to the 15th. four days there, and then uh, hopefully sort of some sort of tour the rest of the country and 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 the US um, for next year after that. But um, yeah, Soho Theatre is the one. I'm, I mean, like I went when I was seventeen, I went down to go see Eddie Izzard there um, perform, and so like for me, like it's so nice to now be like taking my solo show there. I kind of can't believe it. It's like yeah, it's years that I've been going to see shows there. Uh, well, I wish you luck with him. He's a fantastic character, and uh, I, I can't recommend people going and checking him out. If you're in London in October, the 12th to the 15th, you can see Lord Christian Brighty performing at the Soho Theatre, which is a lovely venue. Right then, Christian, you're now about to take us on your perfect night out at the cinema. You are our guide. We are your audience. Let's go on a trip to the movies. So... We push open the doors to our temple of film and find ourselves in the foyer. There's an excited buzz, as there always is in a cinema foyer, the hum of anticipation. So it's your perfect cinema trip, Christian. Who have you picked, living or dead, to go with you? Um, I've, I've just, just as long as they're dead, I don't mind who. Just, uh, just as long as they're not <laughs> going to talk during the film. I was read, th- I read that, and I was like, yeah, absolutely, yeah, dead, dead, please. I can't, you know, when you just, because I, so I, I think I watch most, like most people, you know, I watch most of my films now with pals. Um, I, I, yeah, just w- with my housemates or whatever, and and often there's like this meta narrative chat going on of them having to prove that they're being really funny. I'm like, just shut up! You don't need to compete with the script. Let's do what the French do. Let's go go watch the film, and then afterwards, let's go to a nice cafe over a bottle of wine and talk about it and the philosophy. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I don't actually. That's not actually what I want. I don't know. I, the que- you know, this question's really nice. I used to go see lots of films with my granddad when I was a kid, um, and so I'd, I'd probably probably go with him. Um, Popham is one of the, one of the dead people in there. That'd be lovely. I'd have a lovely time with him. Um, <laughs> so you take your your uh, your granddad uh, with you to the cinema. Uh, so he took you to the cinema as a lot as a, as a kid. Was there a specific kind of movie that you that you shared on those trips? Did he take you to think to see things that you wouldn't have been allowed into had he not been there? <laughs> not to. I mean, I, was, I remember being very scared of Zorro um, when I was a little boy, and I think making it through about five minutes and then asking him to take me out. So I think it was the scariest one. I don't, I'm not very good with scary films. So as much as I've asked for an auditorium full of dead people, I think uh, a nice, something more comedy um, or just n- nothing scary. Cause you, you know, if you, it already sounds like a, a scary environment to be in. So um, 
Okay, no so uh, Zorro terrified you. I mean, that's that's a first for me, but I can see that a masked man. You can't really see sort of a lot of the uh, a human expression comes from the orbits of the eyes, and so yeah. him him disguising those. You don't really know what he's thinking. He's got a sword. I was a little, but I can't really remember. It's quite funny, actually, because I now sort of dress up as Zorro-esque character with my highwayman thing. I, I don't know. I think it was the, the it was the, ha- the hanging scene at the beginning. I think that was too much for. Um, I, I definitely was too young for that. I was I was probably like five or six or something. It was. He's not intrinsically a scary man, is he? But um, yeah, I mean, I could sit through it now. I could sit through it now. <laughs> All right, so you're going to the cinema. With your granddad, there's a clock on the wall reading a specific time. What time of day are you going to the cinema? 6 p.m. Very bang specific. Bang on, on 6 p.m. Maybe maybe 6.15. I don't know. Enough time to like go for a drink. Not the whole evening. You know, when, when you come out of the cinema and you're like, okay, well, it's time for bed. I, <laughs> I feel like, oh, I kind of, I want to go either grab some, grab some food afterwards or a drink or something. You want to jump on the Eurostar, head to Paris, open a bottle of wine and discuss that <laughs> bloody movie, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, 3pm uh, then. <laughs> going out to the cinema with you is a, is a real commitment. You've got to resurrect you, the got... dead. You've got to, got to get, you, get yourself to the Paris. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're literally gone for 48 hours. It's oh, Where did you go? Cinema. For, for, for two days. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It's with Christian. Oh, that make, that makes sense. Of course it does. Yeah, of course, Christian. Yep. Uh, okay, so six p.m. So you you don't like going in the day. You're a, you're an evening kind of cinema goer because it's obviously quite a busy time of day. Six p.m. So it's going to be quite a, a full auditorium you're taking us to. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I quite like a busy cinema. I think you sort. Of, I, yeah, I don't mind doing. I mean, like you know, I happily go to the cinema by myself and see stuff. I, I kind of, I want that. I hope. I'm sure from the podcast, if people go, oh yeah, that's really normal to go see films by yourself. I think that's. I think that's great. Um, but yeah, I'd very much like. Yeah, six p.m. You know, friends have finished work. Maybe they're able to come as well. Yeah, definitely evening. Okay, so it's six p.m. and uh, you're with. I, I just wanted. Are you? You're taking your granddad after he has passed. That's uh, specifically. Who how, the, well, the period? Yeah, of your... not... <laughs> I mean, if I can choose, he's alive. But you said right, living you or can. dead, and I assumed I've got him in the <laughs> casket. I'm wheeling him in. It's yeah, what he I'm... would have wanted. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he bloody loved films. We'll, we'll wake him up for it. How about that? Okay, um, wonderful. I just sort of, I, I fear sort of mentioning your dead granddad for the next 45 minutes. Uh, it yeah, might put well, a downer. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay, well, I mean, like, I'd happily go with my mum as well. I mean, like, I also could go with my fiancé. I don't, like, I don't, I, the point about having it you being dead care. people. I don't care. I don't, want them to, I don't want them to talk. I want them to be quiet. I don't mind. Let's just, any, like, I, it is a kind of, I don't think it's a good date. I don't, I wouldn't take, it's not what I do for a date. Because I, we're not going to talk for two hours, and I, I don't want to think about is my arm rescued you? I, when you're a teenager, is there anything worse than going to the cinema with a girl that you fancy or a boy that you fancy? Like you're just there with, you know, conscious of like, okay, well, well how far into the film am I going to do the awkward yawn where I try and put my? I tried that. I tried the awkward yawn, the really like, and try and put your arm over their shoulder. It's but I Robot's not a very sexy film. It doesn't. <laughs> Probably my choice, my my error, but um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so just just to clarify, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with your granddad when he was alive, or all right, yeah, a, no, a, non-speci- a, a non-specified dead person. It's one of the sounds- two. Pick one. Um, 
Let's go with my granddad. Let's have him right, in. Okay, lovely, lovely. So we're in the cinema at six o'clock with your granddad. You book the tickets. Where are we sitting in the auditorium? Um, I would have used to go for back row, but then I've sent, spoken to a sound engineer who laughed at me and was like, you need to go bang in the middle. That's where the audio is pointing towards. You need to go kind of mi- middle center, maybe slightly to the back, like the back of the middle, because um, that's where they focus the, the sound on. I mean, I, I imagine you're the expert of knowing the physics of an auditorium, but that's, the, that's what I've heard. Um, I have been in a lot of auditoriums. The physics uh, have escaped me. I have very specific <laughs> needs uh, as a man with a tiny bladder, so I'm on the end regardless. The sound, it could be sort of echoing off a chandelier or, you know, echoing off a, a person's with a, a huge mouth. Uh, wherever the sound is echoing, I, I don't care as long as I can exit to the bathroom. But the sound engineer said that. Was he, was he a friend or was he a guy who saw you in a cinema and just went, that guy doesn't know? <laughs> I, I should help him out. It's like his one good deed a day. I wish that was the case. They sort of like pause this, pause this film, get him, get him up. Um, what, what are you doing? So there, no, it wasn't. No, I think it was just someone who, um, uh, just a just a techie at a venue. I think we were just talking about like, no, that's where the that's where they kind of focus the sound around that exact moment. I, I would be with you in, in the aisle with the small bladder, but I've checked the running time and I reckon I can make it through the film that I've chosen. Oh, bravo. Bravo. That's wonderful. Good. I love that because I do the same, you know, a Quentin Tarantino movie. If I've booked a ticket and I haven't got an aisle seat, I'm not even going because I'm like, absolutely (laughs) not. I'll wait. I will wait. Okay. So we're sitting at the middle at the back. The air in the foyer is full of wonderful smells. All manner of snacks and foodstuffs are available at the various counters. What do you choose to eat? I mean, pop, I, I, I'm assuming popcorn's a given. So I think my treat on top of popcorn, if I'm, I'm a bit, I feel, it sounds a bit greedy, doesn't it? So obviously we're going to get popcorn. I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm splashing out. I'm, this is my ideal trip. I want a pack yeah. of peanut M&Ms, please. Uh, ideally stale. They've been in the display case for a couple of years. No one's picked them up. That's what I want. I want, or maybe the blue crispy ones if they've sold out of the peanut M&Ms. So, so it feels like we took a, a sharp right in the middle of that answer, which was you saying, I'm splashing out, so I want an yeah. old packet of peanut M&M's. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> the know. two don't like, seem to marry up. I miss I don't, all the cinemas that, I mean, you know, I like an Odeon Lux. I like a, um, an Everyman. I think I'd much rather it be like a sticky, flawed, old view in a retail park in Huntingdon. That's where I used to go see my films. I want it to be like Peterborough suburbs and I want it to be like sticky floors squelching and I want that it to be like a a yeah, bad packet of uh, peanut M&Ms sold after the the best before sell by date and then I'm home. I'm home. That's the cinema. Teenagers being okay. rejected because they're not yeah. they're definitely not 15 for the film that they want to go and see that 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 atmosphere. I don't want it to be too bougie. I get you. So it's next to a, a sophology in a bowling alley, uh, sort <laughs> yeah. of sandwiched between the two. Frankie and Benny's. Got the you. sound of the uh-huh. happy birthdays traveling through the the glazed windows. I want, yeah, I want the Frankie and Benny's, the the McDonald's. I'm trying to think. It was before uh, TGI Fridays. I'm talking mm. ten, ten years ago. Retail Park. Yeah, wimpy probably a lovely. Yeah, wimpy. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Love a wimpy. Oh God. 
love a wimpy yeah great okay so that's 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 lovely i love that i i think there's a, a beautiful sentiment in there in the in the idea that of all these foodstuffs offered to you you see that lonely packet of m&ms it's given up on itself it's there in the corner it doesn't it doesn't believe it'll ever get picked it's aware of its sell by day it knows it's expired and yet there you come walking up to it and you pluck it from its misery from its destitute life surrounded by lovely snacks and you go you this is your moment beautiful that, that's my take that's exactly it no that's exactly yep. it um but they are also a decoy because i have snuck some uh some some sweets in my pocket or my, i was i i had thought about my, my mum's handbag but mum's not here as well it's just my granddad so my granddad's handbag we've, <laughs> we've snuck something in there <laughs> good dirty dirty handbag sweets i love it <laughs> the ones with grit and fluff and bits of sand yeah. from a beach holiday 20 years ago stuck <laughs> to them fantastic all right popcorn sweet or salted I feel like I'm being difficult with all these questions. Mixed. I, I want it mixed, if that's all right. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, have mixed. Yeah. Yeah. Any particular reason? Have you tried both separately and then gone, I want a bit of both? Well, I've not ordered two boxes and gone and, and sort of had them in my mouth. I'm going, wait a second. And then <laughs> poured them together in my lap. One box. Look at me. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good compromise. It's the total sort of compromise that isn't really a compromise um, mm. that I quite like. Where actually someone's won, and it's um, it's me. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't, I'd probably go. I think salty would be at the bottom. I know it's probably the best. Like I think the sweets. I think the sweet tastes bad, but I like it. Um, and salty is actually probably the nicest of them. So if, I think if you mix them up, I I should quite like the. Yeah, sweet and salty. It's not really it's not really mixed then, is it? What you mean is you'd like your popcorn in layers. You'd like layered popcorn. <laughs> yeah. A layer of salted and then a layer of sweet, which isn't mixed popcorn. That could be really jarring depending on what point of the film you're watching it. You're sort of at a real <laughs> tense moment. You go, ooh, well, that's changed. And you get, <laughs> get pulled out of the action. Uh, okay, that is our first layered popcorn answer in the history of the show. Great. Uh, the correct answer, however, is salted. Let's now leave the foyer. We're walking down the corridor towards the auditorium. Posters along the cinema wall illustrate some of your most important movie memories. Our first poster depicts your fondest movie memory. What is it? My fondest movie? Well, I mean... The, the thing, I mean, it's funny. This isn't, a, this, okay, this is so strange. This isn't my memory, but I think it's one of my favorite uh, movie stories, which is just my um, my girlfriend's an amazing, well, not my girlfriend, my fiance now. That's lovely. I'm going to keep getting that wrong. Weird, um, isn't fiance, it? Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait changes. until you're married yeah. and then you, you ma start calling them your wife and you sort of go, oh my God, I feel I like I feel like the, the, the guy at the end of The Last Crusade who suddenly ages really quickly because you say <laughs> wife and you're like, oh. Yeah, your strange. face starts melting off. Yeah, don't look in the arc. Um, <laughs> the yeah, I mean, she, she's an she's an amazing artist, and um, she she for the I think it was for the Force Awakens. She painted her ex up as Darth Maul, like perfectly, like with the incredible um, kind of red and black. Uh, kind of face tattoo uh, for the midnight showing of the Star Wars film. So exciting. Everyone's going to be there in costume. They get there and he's the only one in fancy dress. <laughs> and just a guy just sat in the middle of an auditorium with a, with, I think he, he took his cloak off as well as he's just there in a hoodie with his Darth Maul face paint. Um, 
I, I just, it brings me so much joy because I think a lot of people have been really sad they didn't dress up as fancy dress. And I, I think Darth Maul's so, I was at a comedy gig last year and um, uh, they, were, they were playing, a, for some reason, there was like this funny edited video of Pinata in South London, incredible mm. comedy night, so good. Um, and they were playing a, a video of, of Darth Maul and this girl in the row in front of me, a, a real lull, she timed it really badly, just went, oh, I really used to fancy him. And just this funny I didn't know that Darth Maul was a big sex icon I don't know whether it's the horns I don't know whether it's the black and red but it made me giggles it was the funniest thing of the night um yeah I mean I relate I think like the Twi'leks in um the twi- Twi'leks I don't know the, the the girls with the long tentacles were definitely a sort of sexual awakening for me when I was a, a like 10 year old boy and then again when I was no the other sexual it was Aiden Turner and being human, but um, the definitely. So let's put Return of the Jedi as a little poster up. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Return of the Jedi goes up. I, I love that being the only person there as Darth Maul. I mean, I hope someone went. So you're a fan then? <laughs> Just really. <laughs> you, you like it, huh? Yeah. All right. Lovely, brilliant stuff. So our second poster depicts your worst movie memory what's your worst movie memory um maybe worse is a bit strong but it's a poster of the little mermaid um the disney version the the the, 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 the animated one um and i remember when i was a little uh boy uh, my parents had rented the little mermaid for me i really wanted to watch it i was probably again like maybe nine ten um we're going back we're getting a lot of childhood memories from this it's really i'm really enjoying this thanks this is this therapy is excellent oh it's very good (laughs) um but uh but with we had some quite manly builders in um who were both like really kind of blokey but also like quite young i remember going oh they're not like as old as the ones with beards um and i was really uh embarrassed at the idea of being caught watching this girl's film and so whenever they'd walk through, which was really often for some reason, they um I would stand up and swap it over to the football. <laughs> and I don't know any I don't know anything about football. I don't know a thing. And I would be there going, oh grr, football. Like and they and I just must have it must have just been so strange for them because I was like the least sporty my my brothers. And uh, they would just been like, why is this sweet? <laughs> eight-year-old boy nine-year-old boy trying to hide that he's watching the little mermaid from us or why is this little boy stood up really close to the television to watch the football <laughs> with a can of beer oi 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 ref fucking hell ref what's that yeah lovely. you've still got the little mermaid on mate oh yeah sorry you're screaming, <laughs> screaming ref at sebastian <laughs> Oh, so at a very early age, you did that thing that so many of us do that I still do when I've got builders in. Suddenly, I'm like, oh, yeah. No, lovely, mate. Lovely. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Do you see the game last night? I don't know what game. You see it? <laughs> hey, what a game. What a game. Just rolling the dice. There must have been a game last night. There was definitely a game of something. Fantastic. There's dice in football. That's how they decide the sides, isn't it? That's who goes first or which end. I don't know. <laughs> did you Did you actually enjoy The Little Mermaid? It's a great film. Absolutely great mm-hmm. film. I saw um, uh, there's a really good um, musical of it. It's, it tells Ursula's story called, um, oh God, Unfortunate. Uh, it's really good. If you like musicals, absolutely um, go see it. I think it's probably transferring to the West End somewhere. I saw it in, in Fringe. Amazing. It's written by another, t- well, the book's written by another TikToker called Daniel Fox, who's great on TikTok. Uh-huh. Really, really good. Um, but yeah, okay, so cool. I, even the fan art, even the the, the fan um, spin-offs, I'm a fan of The Little Mermaid. 
kind of multiverse multiverse there's there's a word for 2022 have we heard that enough in 2022 multiverse you know when the x-files first came out and everyone was like the reason there's so much about aliens on tv is because the government are about to announce there are aliens and now you're like someone about to go and go listen we've discovered a lot of other universes we're sort of softening you up with dr strange and everything everywhere all at once all these movies are just like we're just letting you know there are more (laughs) Your third movie poster depicts the last performance that brought you to tears. Well, the the most recent performance that brought me to tears wasn't a, a movie one. It was a live performance. It was um, uh, my friend Liv Ello's show, Swarm. And they're an amazing theatre maker. They're doing it. They're doing their show in London at the Camden People's Theatre, I think, in November. December 2022 time um I absolutely bored my eyes out it was a, a show about um uh, the migrant crisis um so uh, just uh, like it and, and also like an incredible comedy show um not a lot of room for uh, uh chuckles um about that though um more uh, film though uh I mean, unless you want to talk about the <laughs> the the, the I'd beautiful say, sad play sounds good so it's called swarm and you saw it at, at the edinburgh festival and now yeah, it's moved to yeah. london it was, it was my favorite show that I saw at the Edinburgh Fringe um, this year. It's a kind of incredible character comedy show where Liv plays. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's a theater show, but it's funnier than most of the, the comedy shows I saw. Um, she plays uh, like a thousand different species of fly. And it and it's all about different flies and all of the flies. Like there's a house fly who's like, oh, yeah, I just love house music. And then he later on becomes an estate agent. He's just oh, guys, yeah, you've got to check out. You just got to buy this house. Um, and then we'll play like a um, like a horse fly. He's, he's, she's very horsey and she's shows her teeth a lot. And she, she does these incredible character things. And they're like so quick. But then meanwhile, that's happening. There's all of these like statistics about like the levels of like house prices and and homelessness and you're kind of like wow this is really funny but oh god it's already getting me in the gut and then later on you realize that the, the show's called swarm because it's a reference to david cameron describing how like a swarm of migrants is coming over here and it just punches you in the gut and it's absolutely oh, it's amazing absolutely amazing uh she's 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 Sounds incredible creator and very funny um wow and that's it I've, where did you say that was uh, it's one of the Camden People's Theatre, I right. believe, sometime in November, um, which is a nice, is lovely. Um, it's, a, it's just a really nice little theatre in um, Camden, unsurprisingly. It's in the name. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The film, though, because I think, because hmm. uh, film, I, I don't cry, I don't think, too often. I mean, I cry a lot. I happen, no, there's no, no part of me that's going to stand here and be a blokey boy and be like, oh, no, I don't cry. That. I definitely cry loads. But um, <laughs> you cry, Did you cry at Edinburgh? I remember crying when I was doing the Edinburgh Festival in 2010. I did the full run like you, and it's... Uh, oh, pal. It's, yeah, it's... Um, I, won't, I was, I was going to ask you, actually, at, at some point, how it was for you, because it is very intense being in that mm. melting pot of comedy for a whole month, doing a show every night and having to promote the show, the fear of whether it's going to sell out, whether the audience is yeah. going to be good night after night. Yeah. Well, first, yeah, I did cry loads. Uh, I cried through being like really proud of myself that I was playing a finally doing my debut and like those sorts of things. I cried like because it was really hard. I cried because... Cause I was like, some of it was just really overwhelming for me and Amy for friends were having a tough time. Like you're just at your most, 
emotionally wrought for an entire month you're you're it's 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 a it's a struggle it's a real you know it's just an it's an endurance test as much as anything else and it's a real kind of festival of people really wanting stuff and comparison so you're constantly comparing yourself to other people or or trying to not do that um yeah i you know i i, I cried for whole whole heaps of reasons because it's such a tough old time emotionally you're, you you know you've not slept enough you've been drinking you, you're doing the show every single day for a month it's an endurance test as 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 much mm. as anything else but i mean that said it sounds like it's miserable i had a lovely time um i think it was quite a tough year i know ticket sales were down 25 percent, and so i was in that group of people that really benefited from having an online audience i think those are the people who had a really nice fringe um incredible online creators like rosie holt um who sold out their their, their runs like way in advance um but I, I mean, like it's my favorite place on earth. It's, um, it, it is like, it's kind of, if I, it's where I, it's like spiritual home sort of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's where I feel like I, I belong. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it's a, I don't know. I'm not being very articulate and I, I wish I was being, but essentially <laughs> I'm glad it's over and now it's September. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah it's like a it's like a tour of duty isn't it you keep flashing back yeah like, oh god i remember that night yeah but uh but yeah one of the best review reviewed shows at the fringe um playboy mm. so i mean ultimately uh a wonderful experience i i i, I don't doubt. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah it, it really was um so yeah. what was the last performance then not one of your own not a, not a night where playboy didn't fly uh what is the performance in cinema that last brought you to tears uh, it was Synecdoche, New York. It was Philip Philip Seymour Hoffman in that. I um, uh, it's a Charlie, yeah, the Charlie Kaufman film. Same guy who did Being John Malkovich, and um, the I think the film's incredible because it sort of moves at a really unnerving pace. It sort of moves at the pace of life. It's kind of like it doesn't really let up from the moment it starts, and you just sort of feel like things get stranger within the film as it goes on and you're sort of it's it's unnerving and then it kind of just builds to this crescendo and it just ends in the most like yep that's it that's life uh it's finished and i just wept um just because it felt like a really a a true expression of what it feels like to be alive um yeah that's that's the last one that really got me what an actor. Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. was um, it's a, a, a sad loss because, uh, you know, the man was just a, a giant. Uh, mm. uh, every performance in nearly every film that you saw him in, he just could deliver so much from comedy to tragedy. But yeah, okay, that is the last performance that brought you to tears. And the final poster, as we near the auditorium, depicts your unpopular movie opinion. What is your unpopular movie opinion? Uh, it's a it's a love actually poster but sort of crossed out um or just maybe with like a cigarette warning on it like a a a warning saying this is not an accurate depiction of love don't try and recreate this in your own personal life because i really i'm a i'm a romantic in like a you know obviously i do all of these romantic period drama stuff and i love the genre but i also am an idiot and uh i think if you grow up and tell children that love is this thing that basically you know there's this myth i think that love actually tells us in society that if you do one big romantic gesture someone will fall in love with you <laughs> and <laughs> the, if you're an idiot and you you know um 
you, you'll believe that. And I, I basically, when I was in secondary school, I was like this. Uh, the worst example of which is that um, when I was 14, I wrote a song to a girl um, for her birthday and sang it in front of about 70 of my school friends uh, at lunch break, um, asking her out in front of this large crowd of people. And uh, she, she said no. And um, it, it is on YouTube. There is a there is a clip of it on YouTube. And uh, I basically blame Love Actually. Um, yeah, it's uh, wow. So, so yeah, well, there you go. Cigarette you... warning on it, please. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically were trying to compete with Andrew Lincoln's character in that for really weird gestures. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, signs up. I mean. It just that, felt because like... that's that's the moment. That's the moment that everyone mm-hmm. you sort of go because I, I. So just let me clarify. So are you saying it's da- lo- movies like Love Actually are dangerous? Because I I I think I'm in the same boat as you. I I know it's not real, and yet I fundamentally buy into it and cry every time I watch it. Yeah, I I I, I think I buy into. It. I think just maybe romance isn't the best format for a film i don't know if 90 to 120 minutes is enough time to really for us to get to know characters let alone characters get to know each other you know i mean you know shrek's as guilty of it as love actually i mean they've only known each other two days before he's um trying to stop her wedding at the altar is that enough to really <laughs> impede a, a marriage that's been ordained by a local king well, he's not a king yet but um you know i i just i i, I think um i think tv shows and and books i think can do romance like really and what it's like to be in a marriage or be in a I don't know what it's like to be in a marriage I've just got engaged I don't have a clue but I think what <laughs> what you know I think real love's like quite boring and quite mundane in in a wonderful way like it's 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 you wake up every day and you go oh you again and and as long and if that answer to that question makes you happy you've made a good choice like that's 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 what love is um I don't think it's big dramatic I don't think it's big dramatic gestures yeah <laughs> If it makes you uh, makes you feel any better, just so we can sort of uh, we can trade awkward moments. I uh, yes, I once used a, a line from another Richard Curtis movie um, uh, on 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 a, on a perspective. Uh, well, a new girlfriend. I I, I said uh, in, to her face, and I will stress this was meant to be a, a funny moment. Where I said, um, "I'm just a guy standing in front of a girl." Asking her to love him. At which point she was meant to go, that's hilarious. That's from Notting Hill. At which point she actually went, that's actually one of the most beautiful things anyone's ever said to me. And I was like, oh, fuck. How do I? And because I left it too long to go, no, wait, that's from Notting Hill. I was trying to be funny because the moment had passed. I, I, I now had to live in the mo- the idea that I'd I'd actually come up with that uh, disgusting <laughs> bit of saccharin, and and she'd liked it. So so there we were, and uh, who knows? Uh, whenever whenever she finally gets around to watching Notting Hill, maybe she has done already. She's going to hate me, but uh, I've, I've never heard from her again. So or think that so you, you that your love inspired one of the greatest uh, <laughs> romantic comedies. Like, I didn't realize he was a screenwriter. That's incredible. How did he write it all that time? <laughs> yeah, my ex is working with Richard Curtis, apparently. Yeah, lovely. Right, uh, <laughs> we've arrived. Christian at our last set of doors. We push them open and enter the auditorium. The crowd goes wild. The guest of honour has arrived. Before the movie you picked for us begins, there's one of the best things about the cinema. It's the trailers. We're playing the trailer for the movie you're most looking forward to. 
What is it? I didn't realise it was going to be trailers. I think what I'd really like is one of those, before this trailer comes on, one of those you wouldn't steal a car um, ones, <laughs> but that haven't been updated for kind of like modern streaming. And so it just feels really like, just like, well, this doesn't really resonate at all. And actually, food bills are going up. I might steal a handbag or a car. I'm, just, I'm really struggling at the moment, actually. Just what great, what probably one of the best government adverts of, of, of the last... Um, mm. 30, 40 years. Um, it's still got a picture of a VHS and people are like, kids, <laughs> what's that? What, is, what earth is... I have no idea. Um, the trailer for a film, though, would be um, Chicken Run, The Dawn of the Nugget. Um, the next oh. Aardman uh, installation that's coming out. I I adore Aardman. I, um, I, I, I think they're the best comedy films out there. I'm a huge fan of Shaun the Sheep, the the series, the the kind of seven minute shorts, as well as the um, uh, the two epics, Shaun the Sheep and Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon. Um, I just I just think they're so funny. I just I think you put put three sheep in a trench coat, have him wobbling about, ordering a pizza. <laughs> oh, it's, I don't think there's anything better in comedy. It's just I, I I just think they're they're so good on their visual comedy. They understand you're basically able to strip back everything to what's funny about people and the world and it's like well big eyes and eyes kind of like you know so much of it is just like where where you're placing the eyes the dog reacting to what the sheep are doing like face part i, I just think they're they're amazing it, tra- like, it transcends language and it's um just the fact that you can you know you can you can bend the laws of physics to make your kind of stupid reveal just perfect i yeah i i'm, I'm a huge Ardman nerd and it's they're universal, aren't they? I mean, just just Christmas just gone. I uh, I uh, I remember watching every single Wallace and Gromit back to back. And oh, I, right. I again, Gromit Gromit doesn't even have a mouth because I, I think Nick Park couldn't actually design a mouth because of the shape of Gromit's face when he first created him. So it's just like I'll just do it with the eyes. And there you have it. Like like it's as a it's physical comedy, isn't it? Which I, mm. I guess you know um you know quite a lot about because you um. And I remember reading about this place years ago. I think I was doing uh, some research on one of the people who attended it, maybe Sasha Baron Cohen or Emma Thompson mm. or, or, or Helena Bonham Carter. But you went to uh, the, the, the famous clown school in Paris. Yeah, yeah. I was there for two years um, and it was just the best. It was just the best time of my life. Um, and basically, so the school's called Ecole Philippe Gollier and uh, it's run by this um, old French clown um, who is very grumpy? Um, he, uh, he and he sits as in, on as, his... a, as a, a, a character, as in you know that clown who's who's actually grumpy, like oh, in in the circus, and you're like, oh, he's the grumpy one, and that's the silly one, or he was genuinely a grumpy man who he's was also a clown. He's genuinely a very grumpy man who's gets bored very easily, and then you've got a bunch of. Um, I mean, the school's amazing because you've got people from all over the world, from 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 Japan and South Korea and America and Canada and Australia and and, and France as well and, and Spain. People getting up and trying to do these sometimes impossible exercises that he sets for you, that are you know walk you know walk on stage and 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 be beautiful or doing a text and um, he'll or you'll come on stage and try and be try and be funny. There's some. Yeah, maybe maybe there's a custard pie clown number. It's I mean some of it some by clown school. I, you know we didn't commute every day in like a tiny car, all like eighty of us, and then like you know there's like a lesson on squirty flowers. But it, it's basically a, it was a physical comedy school where there are rules. You're, you're kind of learning like 
the the ingredients of good physical comedy. So you know the stuff that we did there. If you put it on a stage in a, in a comedy night in London, it would die a painful death and be quite agonizing. But you, there's rules and things that you learn there about like really good timing and pacing that are, that are really useful. Um, but he, you know, you walk on stage and then he'd he'd try you'd try and be funny. You'd do your thing. And then after maybe thirty seconds, he'd bang his drum and he'd go. So was Alex funny? Was Alex fucking funny? Was Alex fucking fucking funny or was Alex a shit? And he's he's turning to your friend and your friend goes, oh, well, Alex was a shit. And he goes, I did not say it. Your friend said you were a shit. <laughs> and then your friend gets up and then the same thing happens to them. And so, every, so you're just constantly, it's like getting rid of the ego. It's getting rid of the kind of like, yeah, there's nothing worse than someone who's like, convinced that they're really funny and they're like giving it to you and they're really smiley kind of like children's entertainer kind of re- like like with no like they're not listening to the audience they're not paying attention to whether you're actually finding this funny um and i and he just beats that out of you sometimes literally um <laughs> so so you learn uh, the intricacies of physical comedy, but you leave with no friends because <laughs> everyone has told everyone that they're shit. Yeah, That's, no. Uh, but basically the point is that if I could turn myself into a uh, bit of plasticine that could be animated by Ardman, I would suddenly be the greatest physical performer of all time because then I could... Um, you know, stretch my limbs and do ridiculous things like that. So that's why I think the, the films are incredible. I, I met um, in a pub the other night, somebody who worked on the original Chicken Run film. And oh, the, wow. way that, the way they made the film is incredible because they it was um, forced perspective in that they made all of the Chicken Run hutches in the kind of style of The Great Escape, but they got steadily smaller as it went towards the back so that they you had this like sense of like size and the chicken started like this big, like like kind of a couple of, like a foot tall and then got smaller and smaller as it went to the back. So amazing effect but they couldn't walk through it because it would change the set for every frame. So you had seven different guys, animators on pulleys, like Mission Impossible being winched up and down all day. And they would go like, okay, change, winch them down. Okay, he's got some eyeballs in his pocket, pop them in so that, and then move them that way. Okay, and they'd be like, okay, set, and they'd pull them back up. And then they'd do like the next like two frames. Mm. And so they'd be that up and down all day to get like maybe 10 seconds, maybe less than that because of it, how yeah. long it, it took to be um to be animated i think that's incredible and i don't think there's any footage of it sadly because it just sounds like the most ridiculous way to make a make a film it's definitely easier to do it on a computer yeah i think ardman lost a lot of their their old uh, footage and behind the scenes stuff because uh, the warehouse it's so sad where the warehouse where it was all kept in i think burnt down but i, oh, I, I once had oh, the so pleasure sad. of um of going to Ardman and seeing the way they work. And I, I can only imagine that the guy you met in the pub was quite happy to talk at length about his job because I don't think I've ever, outside perhaps Weta Workshop in New Zealand, I don't think I've ever met such a group of passionate people about what they do. Mm. And I guess you have to be because, like you say, the patience, it's about three seconds a day of film they actually get. It's, it's mad. It's absolutely mad. I just think they're just the experts of physical, like my dream, like, to write for one of those things or write a Sean the Sheep. So, oh, God, what a dream. So the sequel to Chicken Run, uh, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nuggets. I believe Rocky is no longer Mel Gibson. Zachary Levi of Shazam fame is, has taken over vocal duties there. But that is coming up soon, and that is the trailer we have just watched. So it's time to announce to our excited audience in this packed auditorium, the movie we're watching tonight what movie have you picked to watch and why? Um, 
we are going to watch uh, Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 version with Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. Um, and I'll be the giddiest kid in that auditorium because I never got to see it in the cinema. Um, I, I, I thought every, you know, maybe when I was a kind of uh, like 10 year old, wasn't that interested in, um, <laughs> in, in period drama. Since then, very much um, become a huge part of my life. Abs, I, I adore it. I think, um, you know, and I, there are so many, you know, I, I really like the recent Emma one as well. And I, I really like Sense and Sensibility, these other fantastic Austin adaptations. But um, I think there's just something so, I, I that that Pride and Prejudice film is gorgeous. I think Matthew McFadden as Mr. Darcy is wonderful. The the great thing about it being kind of 90 minutes instead of the kind of 90s um, six part BBC series, which is incredible as well. There are some amazing bits in that, but um turning Mr. Darcy into mainly this brooding man who is pretty much silent for the first hour of that film. He probably has got like six different lines and is just staring at Elizabeth. He's so enigmatic. Whereas in the book and in the, in the 90s version, we find out that he is like saying, oh, I'm, you know, I was ad- admiring the eyes of Elizabeth Bennet. And we find out that actually, oh, he's got a bit of a thing for her maybe. Whereas in the film, he's like, who is this weirdo? Why is this? So when he <laughs> appears in the, in the rain to do his great proposal, we're like, what? No, no, this, this Muppet? He's what? I, it, like, it, I, I think it really adds a layer of mystery and, and, and surprise to the kind of, um yeah pace of the story that i um and i i think i think matthew mcfannon's really good as darcy i didn't realize until about season two of succession that it was the same actor as who played tom which maybe i'm an <laughs> idiot for but like i also just I, I i love the idea of tom from succession having to play mr darcy be like um i uh i love you um hi honey i love you most ardently yeah uh, okay yeah no 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 i'll go okay um, yeah, I, I, he just, he's like, I know they're just the opposites in terms of like, uh, status and being, I, I, yeah. Um, he just, I think he just won an Emmy for his performance as Tom, uh, in, in succession. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. So is, is Matthew McFadden your, is, is he your Mr. Darcy more so than Colin Firth? Um, I mean, he probably I, I think he, I, it's funny, like, I'm such a like, oh, I don't think he's the perfect Mr. Darcy. I think his performance in it is amazing. And I love that version of it. I don't know if he's quite, um, there's some wonderful things about Colin Firth. And Colin Firth, I think, is a bit more like, well, is is more likable, definitely, in that version of uh, of it. Um, but he, yeah, McFadden probably is my, my, my Mr. Darcy. I feel, um, yeah, if I have to, pin my colors to the, to the mast um also i mean we can't watch the the bbc we can't sit in this auditorium for six hours i think also the reason why i love it is that um and it's very easy to be a comedy writer about this genre when jane austen was so funny i think she's an incredible comedy writer um mr collins maybe the thing i'd change is i'd swap the 1996 mr collins who's a little bit more bumbly and conceited than the really kind of like nervous tiny man mr collins in this pride i think they're both amazing performances i just like the slightly more ridiculous man um in the in the 1996 one he's a he's a bit more of a kind of like i'm he has a sort of more horrible velvety voice that is really disgusting and and uh, whereas the the one is just he's the one in the 2005 version is so um i'm just i, I just want to apologize for existing for everything that i say and he's so nervous in his proposal but <laughs> the the proposal scene where mr collins says to it's like my favorite i think one of my favorite scenes in, in cinema or or in book form is um 
the scene where he's proposing to Elizabeth Bennet and he's so nervous or um, proud and, you know, self-important that he just is not paying any attention to what she's saying, which is, I do not want to marry you. And she says this like four <laughs> separate times. And like, he, he, he manages to like, trick himself and go like, well, obviously this is, you know, you're only doing this um, to uh, enhance my feelings for you. Um, you know, it's normal for ladies to reject the man they really mean to accept. And he's just, it's just incredible because it feels so relevant now. Like this, just this depressing thing of men not taking no for yeah. an answer when, uh, or being so tenacious. I remember a, a French teacher at um, secondary school talking about how he, um, how he got, how, how he managed to, uh, functionally woo his beautiful wife which was like i just sort of you just need tenacity what a weird thing to tell a 13 year old boy it's like i just sort of wore her down oh god what a strange man what like horror and you know so it just you know sadly mr collins gets keira knightley and um (laughs) gets elizabeth bennett in the real world oh horrible horrible man they're so funny what a performance from Tom Hollander as well. I mean, I, I can't actually recall the 1996 Mr. Collins. However, Tom Hollander, I, I love Tom Hollander. I, I, mm. I think, you know, he's he's another actor who I just, in, in whatever role, I, he's just like, you just fixate on him when he's on screen and just the way he enunciates some of the words in, in the film when he goes there, uh, my rectory abuts her estate. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. you know what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, you know that that's you're enunciating certain bits of those words for comedy effects because you're that good. Yeah, it's the quiver in his stuff. voice. He reminds me of a, a, a man in our current uh, period of history who's read the game uh, by Neil Strauss <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and is is using every technique from the game to try and go and, and, and law to try and apprehend what's the right word to try and uh, acquire, get a, a, yeah. acquire yes yeah okay great that is our first movie 2005's Pride and Prejudice of course we're going to do a double bill though and your second movie that you're screening is the film that is most important to you what film is that um we're gonna this was I mean this this isn't an easy question to answer I think uh, yeah the film that's mo- we're going to watch the Lord of the Rings and we're probably going to watch all of them. And I'm just going to have the happiest, giddiest time. Um, oh, they're absolutely my favorite films. And they're, I think they're, they're important to me because I think there's, there's, there's such good soul food and the, and the spirit of them, of, you know, there's that epic kind of good versus evil thing, but just some of those like speeches, you know, Gandalf just saying like, uh, I wish this, you know, Frodo's like, I wish this never happened to me. Oh, so do all who see such times that it's not for them to decide. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Put that in my back pocket. That'll that'll get me through it. Or Sam's mm. beautiful speech at the end of Two Towers, where he's like, oh, "What are we fighting for? There's some good that there's some good in this world, Mister Frodo, and it's worth fighting for." Oh, I weep. Um, mm. I send that to a friend um, who was having a bad time uh, in Edinburgh. I don't know whether it resonated with him, but it definitely meant a lot to me that I was sending him this <laughs> this thing. Um, but I, I think they're. Um, I mean, I'm also like I'm a I'm a closet nerd, and I, I find that's easier to come out with saying like, oh, I am I'm a bit of a nerd. It's easier to come out than saying like that I'm bi. I, like that's a much easier thing. Like, whereas being a nerd, I I feel very like, yeah, I don't know. I um I'm gonna. Okay, you can edit this out because I find this very um 
<laughs> for me, it's a real like, oh, I, I don't know, because it definitely doesn't resonate with my audience. But I'll talk about it because I'm having so much fun. Um, I can see behind you, you've got a couple of Warhammer things. <laughs> I'm, I'm outing you, Alex. I can see it. I can see that's 40K. Yeah. Are those books or are those boxes or models? This is... I. Uh, this is uh, I'm building an orc army at the moment. Oh uh, yes. So, yeah, I oh, never collected, my God. never collected orcs as a kid. I was uh, I was you know I was into Ponzi Eldar uh, quite. Oh like, yeah. The, the space space elves to the uninitiated. Uh, but yeah, so I <laughs> this know, is when I people go. Up. I've had enough. I'm turning off. I'm, I'm <laughs> fading out. Now. We're getting down to like the right. There's going to be one person who's like, "You're kidding. This is the best." Yes, yeah, sorry. Go on. Talk about your elder. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, yeah, well, so orcs, because I've just, I don't know, I want a bit of chaos in my life uh, now, and orcs are, uh, uh, well, I, I should collect chaos probably, but I've gone for yeah. orcs. So are you, do you still play, did you play? So I... Or do you just paint? No, I mean, I, I, I go to the tournaments. I am... Um... <laughs> I, I've never, I don't talk about, I've never, because it's not something that I think is interesting to people who are into, into period dramas. So it's, this is really nice. And I saw it, I was like, oh God, we're actually going to talk about this. Um, I, uh, oh, I feel, this honestly feels so weird saying it out loud. It's not my deepest, darkest secret. I remember when I told my now fiance, like, I have a horrible thing I need to tell you. Like, I paint Lord of the Rings Warhammer figures and I like to play with them. And she was like, that's fine. I used to help my cousin paint his. And I was like, would you like to marry me? Um, I do think that she very much did the bait and switch and that she painted, I think, three of my models. And then the most beautiful painter, because she's an amazing, great artist. And she's not touched the models at any point in the next last four years. She's like, I find it boring. It's like painting by numbers. Don't want to do it. I want, if I'm going to do creative art, I want to have a canvas and do whatever. And uh, so I feel a little bit tricked with that. But um, the fact that I'm even accepted by uh her is um great and i'll stick by it. yeah i have in the i, I, mean, I sort of want to go and get them and show but i i i have a lot of um figures from lord of the rings that i sit and paint and i i pop on um pop on my little uh audiobooks of period dramas and i sit and paint my warhammer figures and uh i i just love it it makes me so happy it's yeah, it's it makes so me, nerdy. It makes me happy. That's such <laughs> uh, such a beautiful a beautiful image. So, and I, I imagine such a relaxing, like centering thing oh. to do to just sit there with a figure, perhaps with what, one of these my special painting magnifying <laughs> glass. Oh, I've got I've got where I clip my little so, miniature in. You're there. like the guy it's from painting. Toy Story too. You've, I've got the <laughs> I've got the goggles. I've got the um. Yep. I've got the yeah the ones that make my eyes really big. Uh, I, 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 they're so funny. I have used them for videos as well because I think they, you look, I look ridiculous when my eyes are like. That's the closest to Ardman stuff that I can get to when I've got like these golf ball <laughs> eyes from my uh, magnifying lens um, glasses. But yeah, it's. I, I used to play it when I was a kid. And I used to play it with my little brother, the the, the Lord of the Rings game. And so then I, um, my my friend I had a friend who get re. I, I basically got back into it because I love the. Lord of the Rings, the models, but my friend fell out of a tree. She really hurt herself and she was in hospital. And I um uh basically was like, right, okay, we're gonna do this together as like a way of like kind of just something really dumb and stupid that we was from our childhood that we'll like do together and it'll be like, you know, she was in hospital for like a couple of months. She, and so I'd I'd like go and visit her. And um I managed to not uh, I, we were there with another friend from our childhood and I started explaining, like, yeah, I've got the the 
the models just like what why why are you do what's wrong with you why have you gone back to when you're like 11 years old and my friend wasn't allowed to laugh because she'd like really hurt her ribs and she was there like trying not to laugh like guys you can't do this and she, i was like she was like so what did you just pick them up and go like do 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 and make them fight each other <laughs> and the nurse had to send us out because we were she was laughing too much um at this thing and she um yeah like nearly ruptured one of her uh, ribs from it so i i know it I find it a very wholesome thing. I I like the 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 people who play it are very very lovely people. It's very wholesome and has the sort of spirit of like a like you're in the Shire. Everyone's very friendly. There's none of the kind of macho bravado sometimes you get with 40k stuff, which I, I don't do. But yeah, uh, this is so funny oh, to I talk about. I love it. I love it. So so the the Lord of the Rings gamers sort of see the uh, the 40k gamers as a, a little more savage, a little more yeah, brutal, a little yeah, more Larry. Yeah, there's definitely well, kind of just like a real broy competitiveness to them. There's a, the, you know, there's a lot of forums where I think they post like, well, actually, I think we find out the rule is this, and like, no, it's not <laughs> correct within the law. Whereas the Lord of the Rings guys, are like, guys, look at my nice Hobbit, and everyone's like, it's brilliant. We love your <laughs> Hobbit. It's so nice. And so oh, it's just lovely to sit and paint up some some uruk high and and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's my, uh, that's maybe, my most maybe in time. One. Maybe in time we'll, we'll we'll get you into 40k. Uh, you know, yeah, mate. Maybe you I'll, can man, I'll up, come... man up and start playing some 40k. Yeah, come on, baby. All right, uh, yeah. You book us a table at um one of the one of the nerdy cafes, and we'll go and we'll play a game, mate. How about that? I, I'm going to hold you to that. I love it. That's great. <laughs> great. That's great. Uh, now, sorry, sorry to be uh, the, uh, the the taskmaster here, but I'm going to need you to pick one of the Lord of the Rings movies. I, I, I cannot, in good conscience, keep the cinema open for upwards of ten hours. So you're going to have to pick your favourite of the three. Don't make me choose between my children, Alex. Um, I can't. Oh, I don't want to have to watch them out of order. <laughs> that's that's it. I, and I, oh, I think the Two Towers is my favourite, though. I think it's. I think it's great. It's probably going to be, it's probably going to be the two towers. But here's something that's going to rankle all the people who were on board for my Lord of the Rings uh, Middle Earth strategy battle game conversation: is that I'm going to actually ask that we watch the theatrical cut and not the extended edition, um, which is really controversial. But I, yeah. I, you know, at home, I'll, you know, I'll, we'll pop the extended edition on, and it's sort of there, and and that's, you know, maybe we're doing the more chatty thing, and I think my friends are allowed to talk during that. Um, it's four hours; they don't have to sit in silence, but. Um, in, I genuinely think the theatrical cut, there's a pacing thing that just means that the, the drama, the tension is sustained a little bit better than the extended edition. And I'm sure people who don't like Lord of the Rings are like, why is this information that the two and a half hour version of it is better than the four hour version? What, what, who, what does this guy think he's fighting against? Of course, we don't want to watch the four hour version. But I mean, like, they're both great, but I I just think there's something about the the theatrical cut that like they made good choices. They didn't, I don't know. I remember. I mean, I, I've I've sort of the last four or five watches because, uh, like you, it is it's a, it's, a, it's a comfort movie for me. I'll I'll bang yeah. on the extended trilogy whenever I'm having a duvet day. And I I the main bit for me in hell in it's it's the Saruman. Uh, the end for Saruman mm. is a little better explained in yeah. the extended edition than the theatrical cut. So that would be my only argument. All right. Well, I tell you, if if, it, if it's my ideal cinema trip, I'd like to go through beforehand and be able to do my own director's cut version and choose which of the extended <laughs> scenes to pop in. So yeah, totally agree. I think Saruman's death's really important. Um, I think 
I probably I quite like the scene where Merry and Pippin are drinking the Ent wash and getting taller. I think that's quite sweet. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But there's a there's there's some stuff that we could, um, yeah. There's oh, there's some cuts. I think the funeral. I don't, I don't know if we need the funeral. Sorry, there's. No, I'm getting really specific. <laughs> but yeah, we're not going to do my extended edition director's cut now, so that's fine. <laughs> Okay, I love how I love how we've got to a point in this conversation where you are re-editing Peter Jackson. So that's <laughs> that's a that's a big swing. I love it. Um, very quickly on the Lord of the Rings thing. If you ever get chance, you may have been already, and this was a work trip for me. I I I didn't go out on my own dime, but I did get to visit the Shire uh, in New Zealand, which is it's still there. The Blue Dragon is there. And it, wow. it is, it is the Shire. It is like walking into the Shire. All the Hobbit holes are there, and you can have an ale in the Blue Dragon. It's, it's quite the experience. Alex, I didn't want to have to correct you, but I think it's the Green Dragon. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm talking, I'm talking about my soy sauce. Oh, that's embarrassing. Jeez, Choose between your go. soy sauce and the Shire, Alex. It's not easy. Could you live? Yeah. Could you go back to um? Was it Hachiman? What's the other? What's the other big brand? And uh, I can't remember. Yeah, kick them on. Yeah, kick them, kick them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Choose yeah. between them. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I do love a, a man who didn't enjoy coming out as a nerd has now out nerded me. So, well <laughs> yeah, done. Sorry, I've done, done the forty. <laughs> well, I've done the forty k thing. Actually, I think you'll find it's the green dragon. Oh god. <laughs> uh, okay. We've watched our movies. Uh, we do have time to play your favourite shot or sequence from a movie. I think you may have mentioned it already, but remind us: is it is it from Pride and Prejudice? Yeah, well, t- well, well let's play the um, let's play the. It's not from a film, but let's play the nineteen nineties uh, version of the Mister Collins scene, um, just because it's long, it's longer than the film one, and so and it's really really funny. And we can go, oh yeah, here's a different version of this um, <laughs> this lovely adaptation. So yeah, we'll we'll pop in. Uh, Mr. Collins being rejected, not understanding that he's being rejected and continuing to assume that Elizabeth Bennet is going to accept his proposal of marriage. It's, it's so funny. It's written 200 Lovely. years ago. How is it that funny? It's, oh, she's amazing. I mean, that's why they're timeless. I mean, my favorite mm. version of Emma is still clueless. So, you know, that's, yeah. that says a lot about me. No, 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 but it's great. Me. It is really, really good. I love the Emma, the, the most recent Emma film, the, um, the I love Bill Nye with the um the the thing to stop the drafts. It's just so he's so funny. When he's asking the guy at the end, like, oh, do you do you feel a draft? And he goes, no. And he goes, oh, a pity, because he so wants to be ill. He so wants to be like I just so somebody who wants to be ill. I find really like because like it fits with their idea of like oh, my life's hard. It's very funny. Um, yeah, he's great in that. Okay, well, I mean, we're, we're blowing up a, 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 a four by three to a sixteen by nine uh, onto a cinema screen, so it's got, the picture quality is going to be terrible. But well, I'll let you have that. I'll let you have that. <laughs> now, all the films and trailers and sequences have finished, but you very kindly printed out T-shirts as a gift for our audience. That oh. was very nice of you, Christian. Yeah, thank you, thank you. They have on them your favourite movie quote of all time. What is? That movie quote. Oh gosh, um, I don't or know. A piece I... of dialogue. It can be anything from oh, a movie. Gosh. Any line that. What was my brain giving me? I um. I um, bet it was giving you something from Lord of the Rings. I I, I did. I, I did like, have. Yeah. Fly you fools! <laughs> yeah, I had. It's I mean, just that moment. Yeah, it's gorgeous, isn't it? I um, would either either let's have um, and don't call me Shirley from Airplane. Um, I think. <laughs> Maybe because I think that'd sell really well as a T-shirt. I think there's a lot of um, uh, men in their 50s who definitely buy that. Um, 
can I just have one with I, I want a Steve Sisu um Life Aquatic with Steve Sisu like members club and I'm going in totally different directions I want like a lovely logo um <laughs> or maybe the red bubble hats that's what I want to be sold from that so yeah sorry I'm going into like what's the aesthetic yeah, of films I'm, I really like yeah you've uh, you've scrapped the entire uh, t-shirt <laughs> I've just spoken to uh, the company that provides clothing and they, they said they've, they've never done bobble hats and have no intention of doing bobble hats in the future so it's going to have to be a t-shirt so you are then having a t-shirt with don't call me Shirley on because okay, it might sell really well there is a man who has just done the Edinburgh Festival ladies and gentlemen <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like how to shift things so that you sell out oh yeah because oh boy I had a great month but did I make a profit oh no Alex not even not even, not even close what's the, what's the fee for this it's, it's big right it's big Big thief. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As our audience are leaving the auditorium, you are playing to them to welcome them back to reality from the wonderful time they've had. Your favorite piece of music or score from a movie. What is it? I mean, I'd be very happy to let the Two Towers credits roll because that song, the the one that's like the song for Gollum is so haunting and beautiful and it's this wonderful here's this like cursed wretched creature who is destined to 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 die and always be tormented by the the you know the the, the addiction or whatever the, the the metaphor is and it's such a gorgeous little lament for this poor weird boy um yeah just just let that play out i think lovely lovely well that people are enjoying that they're listening to it as they exit the auditorium and and that's it, Christian. The curtains have closed. The guests are milling out, smiling, chatting, and thanking you for taking them on an incredible night out of the movies. But before you go, it's time for this week's mystery question as we ask, what's in the box? I saw you with the box. What was in the box? Oh, what's in the box? <laughs> so I actually have a box. Here's the box. I'm opening the box. Uh, if you're not watching the video, just the audio version of this podcast, there's a box in front of me. So the mystery question this week is... Huh, okay. Who would win in a fight? Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy or Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy? So I believe that must relate to Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice versus, I'm guessing, Mr. Darcy from Bridget Jones. It's not very yeah. clear, but who would win? Well, I think it does he beat um does he win in the Bridget Jones one in the in the fight? I believe so. Is it ever made clear? Oh, is it just when just end up in the pond? Up? Yeah. Uh I don't know. I, I, but I, then again, I don't know whether Hugh Grant is a very tough foe. And so yeah. I mean, I've, I've never fought Hugh Grant. I think it would probably be Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy, because I think in my mind's eye off screen, Mr. Darcy is still just as ripped as Reggie John Page and all of the kind of like rake archetype. So it's sort of Mr. Darcy suffused with everything that you expect from this thing. So you, they take off the shirt and they're obscenely, uh, ripped. They look like a boxer. They've been practicing. Um, yeah. Do you think they were? Do you think that's historically accurate, or do you think they all had gout? <laughs> I think it's probably a fifty-fifty split. I think it's a fifty-fifty split of men uh, having boxing tutors and and practicing against p volunteered peasants who um, fancy who are like I can make a quick um, guinea by uh, being. B buffed up by or punched in the face by my uh liege lord um <laughs> or uh and then the other ones who are like this red wine's good isn't it i don't think mr darcy will have had gout maybe until he got married and then maybe let himself slide a bit 
Of course. Uh, let me tell you, it's fun. Uh, so uh, your answer is Mr. Darcy would win in a fight between Mr. Darcy and Mr. Darcy, played by Colin Firth. Thank you very much for the clarity of that answer. <laughs> that is it. Christian, your taxi awaits to ferry you away from our virtual cinema of dreams back to reality. But before you go, let's remind ourselves of what took place on your perfect night out at the cinema. You are heading to the cinema with your granddad at 6pm or possibly 3pm if you decide to make your regular post-movie excursion to Paris to discuss the film over a bottle of wine. You're sitting in the centre of a row slightly towards the back based on some intel you acquired from a sound engineer about the best place to sit. To eat, you've ordered the oldest packet of peanut M&Ms you can find, followed by some dirty handbag sweets. And for the first time in the history of the show, you are ordering layered popcorn, salted on the bottom, sweet on top. We are going to be watching the trailer for Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, followed by a double bill of 2005's Sense and Sensibility and The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, not the theatrical cut, nor the extended edition, but a new version edited by you yourself. <laughs> Christian Brighty, thank you so much for taking us on a trip to the movies. Thanks so much, Alex. This has been so much fun. Cheers a bunch, pal. And as Christian's cab carries him away from our virtual cinema off into the distance, it's your chance to win a pair of tickets for a night out at a very real Odeon Cinema. The lovely people at Odeon have given us a pair of tickets to hand out every week. If you would like the chance of getting these tickets, all you have to do is leave us a review of the show. You can leave it on whichever podcast platform you use, be it Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform that allows you to review, or you can post it on any of our social media channels where we are at Trip to Movies Pod. That's at Trip to Movies Pod. I'll read out our favourite at the start of next week's show, and that person will be sent a pair of tickets to an Odeon Cinema of their choice. Quick note, this competition is only open to UK residents and the tickets exclude Odeon Leicester Square and Odeon Lux. And just before I say my final farewell for this episode, don't forget you can find the full ad-free video interviews for this episode and indeed every episode on our A Trip to the Movies Patreon, as well as loads of other extras on there, including early access to the podcast as well. So if you would like to join our Patreon community, head to A Trip to the Movies on Patreon. And that really is it. Speak to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>